Hey, everyone. Before we start the show today, I have an important favor to ask you. Over and over again, we've had people tell us just how much they love our unique show format, coaching everyday freelancers to help them scale. But here's the tough truth. We can't do a show like this on our own. Sure, we could just do a few interviews with the same authors and experts you hear on all your other favorite podcasts, but we love talking with real freelancers in the trenches. So here's the favor. If you've been lurking in the shadows, if you've been listening for a while, but you've never come on the show, we need you. Visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page where you can sign up to come chat with me and Clay on your own episode. Your business doesn't have to be perfect. Your website doesn't have to be live and you don't have to know anything about podcasting. We want to help you make progress in your business. That's it. So visit freelance2founder.com or click the link in our episode description and we'll chat soon. Okay, now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we chat with Kerry from podcastfasttrack.com, where his business has taken off over the years. Kerry is a bit further along in life than many of our guests, and he's thinking about retirement. But instead of just selling his business and cashing out, he wonders, can he just hire the right people to keep the business running smoothly and send him a paycheck each month? The answer, we think, is yes. And by the end of the show, Kerry admits he wished he'd considered this question much earlier in his entrepreneurial career. Lucky for you, it's all in today's episode coming up after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, 
Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash freelance, or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee from Milo.co and joining me on the air, as always, is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's do it. We were just saying uh, someone just recently missed out on their call last hour. For some reason, they weren't able to connect or they they forgot or who knows why. Uh, so we're excited to have an actual guest with us right now on the air. Joining us today is our new friend, Carrie, who's calling from Colorado. Hey, Carrie. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? So great, good. Great. Excited to have you. Welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I listen to this show quite a lot and it is my new favorite. I just love the practical nature of what you guys are doing. And I've actually encouraged some of my clients to do a similar thing and nobody's had the guts. So you guys, <laughs> you guys are among the most gutsy. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. It was very nice. We, we enjoy doing it. It's fun to you know just connect with kind of everyday entrepreneurs. And not that it's not fun to have those interviews with like big names and stuff, but it kind of feels like everyone does that. Uh, there's a lot of that going around and those can be really helpful, but we really like this kind of smaller, more intimate format. So we're glad you're here to be a part of it today. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, sure thing. Why don't we start off, you can uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you're working on, what your business is, who you are, anything you want to share with us about your current situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm kind of a second half of life entrepreneur. My first 20 plus years were spent as a pastor leading small churches Across the U.S., there were a number of different churches that I was a part of. And then once I felt that that calling was kind of diminishing, I retired not knowing what I was going to do and had already begun podcasting myself a little bit. So a friend mentioned to me that the editing skills and such that I had could be leveraged into a business. So I, I made a pivot and I started building a business, just serving clients really as a freelancer to begin with. And then it wasn't Anytime at all, I had to bring in my oldest son, who now is 30 years old, and uh, he's a great editor as well. So he he came in helping me do editing, and then we started writing show notes for podcasters and and creating images and all kinds of ancillary services that go along with podcasting. And before I knew it, we had 15 to 30 clients, uh, and we're just rocking right along. And so I was wow. forced to build systems and forced to build a team and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of in this for the long haul, but but as we'll get into here on the episode, I don't want to be in it for the long haul. So we'll figure out some things with your <laughs> <Yeah>. help to, <laughs> uh, to move me along. Yeah, good. Yeah, and full disclaimer, you know, you're a little farther along in life than we are. And so there may be, there may be some moments where we uh, pick your brain for some ideas yeah. and, and things as well. But I'm sure uh, this will be a fun, beneficial conversation between the three of us. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about since you started started in on it. Let's talk about your uh, current rating on the what we call the freelancer to founder scale. Now, listeners of the show uh, are familiar with this. Obviously, every everyone who comes on the show, like Carrie today, fills out a questionnaire. And by the way, before we get into that, if you want to come on the show, 
we're currently trying to find some new freelancers who want to come on for a coaching session um, for the new year for 2022. And so we'd love to have you join us. It's a quick 45-minute call. We'll just try to tackle any issues you're facing in your business, particularly regarding how to scale your freelance business, how to get more clients, bigger clients, how to charge more, how to increase your profit, stuff like that. Uh, we love talking about all of those kind of things. Just visit our website, which is freelance2founder.com. And there's a little button, little yellow microphone button, and you just click it. It'll give you instructions on how you can sign up. It's super easy, really quick, streamlined. And um, that's what Kerry did. He filled out the yeah. questionnaire to come on the show. Kerry, can you attest to it? Was it fairly, fairly easy to do, fairly quick and hopefully painless? Yeah, super, super easy, <laughs> super simple, nothing painful. It's, uh, good. it's easy. <laughs> just tell, just tell people to uh, grow some guts. Grow some right. balls to exactly. uh, to just submit the uh, the request. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, like if you haven't done it yet, you've been on the fence. It's time. It's time you do it. Like, what are you afraid of? First of all, we're super nice guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and super are. awesome, talented, handsome guys. <laughs> <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. Oh, like, Preston, come on! You need to describe yourself somehow. In an, in, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to describe me. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are like the, kung, you. Yeah. You're like the kung fu panda of podcasters. You don't charge extra for awesome. <laughs> That's right. We, there's no extra charge for awesome. But uh, yeah, we'd love we'd love to have you. So freelance2founder.com. Um, anyway, back to the what you're actually here for, which is to talk about, uh, learn about Carrie's business. So Carrie, you put that you're a seven currently on the scale, which is obviously much closer to a founder. Freelancer is one, founder is 10. You're a seven right now, uh, and you're you hope that in the next six or twelve months you could be at a ten, a level ten. So why don't you walk us through maybe what a ten looks like to you? What's like sort of picture perfect business in the next maybe year from now? Yeah, great question. That really is my goal. I kind of envision that point being where the business could be, so to speak, retirement income for me, rather than me involved in the business making sure things continue to run. So I know that's going to require some operations managers and some mm. client happiness people and sales guys and all that, you know, to take up the load of what I'm doing right now. So uh, part of my struggle has been figuring out what to do first and how to actually go about doing it in a way that keeps the business flowing well at the point it's at while we continue to grow because we're always growing. And so yeah. uh, 10, 10 for me is that I don't have to touch it. Um, at that point, I wouldn't mind continuing to record like authority content that publishes on mm -hmm. YouTube and, mm -hmm. and continue to record the podcast based on lessons I'm learning and things like that. But yeah. I definitely don't want to be the one who's in the trenches running all the systems and making sure everything is is happening. Yeah. And I yeah. guess we, we should clarify, I know in your questionnaire, you mentioned that you have a team already of, I think 13 is what you said. Um, yeah. Sorry, are you who, thinking who like those bringing people? on even... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good question. Those people are, I have an assistant who kind of does the project management for all the client work, following up on deadlines, making sure everything's published on time, that sort of stuff. So she works real closely with the team. I also have editors and writers among that team who are all contractors. They all are very skilled at what they do. And then I've hired them already trained and trained them even more in our particular systems. So everybody who I hire, I feel a great load of confidence in that they can do the job that we've hired them to do. And of course, there's ongoing training to help them keep their skills up and mm. to make sure they're not shorting the client on anything. But, but all of that seems to be working fairly well. 
Uh, and then, you know, besides that is just here and there a contractor to create some artwork or to create some music or things like that. And I don't really consider those people part of our team. They're just freelancers that we call in when we need them. And so, you know, the team itself really is a team. We're really close. We talk a lot on Slack and, and share life issues going on mm -hmm. and that sort of yeah. thing. It's really a, a great culture. But figuring out what are those key positions I need to add to the team yeah. in order to remove things like sales and oversight and customer relations and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh, is, is where I'm at. So help us, help us uh, put in a vote for, well, I guess Clay recently changed his vote. We, for a long time, we've had the debate of like, do you hire full-time employees, what we call in the US W-2 employees, or do you hire contractors? Like what's, what's the better business model? Do you have a preference, Gary? Yeah, all of mine are contractors. Okay. Even the ones who are close to full-time, they're, yeah. they're all contractors mm. because I don't want to have to deal with their side of the taxes. I don't want to have to deal with health insurance. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have mm -hmm. to deal with all that. And quite frankly, they all kind of enjoy being contractors as yeah. well yeah, because mm -hmm. they don't have to deal with all that paperwork either. Yep. And they're, and they're not like as tied down, right? Some people right. really like working for themselves, even if it's working almost full-time for someone else. They still just like the flexibility of, yeah. you know, yeah. and my team is company. Yeah, and my team is all remote, has been remote from the very yeah. beginning. So they have that added flexibility as well. Yeah. I love that. Clay recently came over to the dark side <laughs> or the or the uh, good side or whatever. Uh, <laughs> for the longest time, he was like, no, only full-time employees, only W-2, you know. Um, but he's yeah. seen the light. Well, it's all relative too. It's like, it depends on the business model. It like totally my business, does. Yeah, totally my business does. model has changed. Um, so it, it didn't make any sense for W2. So there's like pros and cons to, yeah, to both. Yeah, absolutely. There are lots yeah, of definitely. businesses that would not work with all contractors. I, mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah, I definitely feel that way as well. Yeah. Okay, so I guess my big question is like, if you're going to move to a 10 and you're going to step away from the business, who's going to run the business? Like who's the, and, and do you already have that person or would you have to hire that person? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think that person is out there somewhere. I don't know who they are. There's a couple of people on my team who I know could do it, but I don't think their life situation would allow for it. Mm. Uh, you know, new moms and things like mm -hmm. that who aren't interested in taking on that much of a load. So yeah. I think I would have to find mm -hmm. that person, whether that's an operations manager or, uh, you know, a CM, uh, not CMO, a COO, you know, mm -hmm. someone yep. who could handle that sort of stuff has got to step in and, and learn the systems, learn the industry. And, and that's part of the struggle is they need to know the podcasting industry and they need to be able to understand why we do what we do the way we do. And of course, there's an education process to that that I would invest in them. But yeah. knowing how and when to take that step is the difficulty. So if let's just hypothetically say that this person comes on magically, they're the perfect candidate, you hire them. Uh, remind us again what, what you would do yeah, well, I eventually want to just be retired and let the business provide retirement income. Um, I had the okay. idea at one point of selling the business. So I was going through books like Built to Sell and things like that, optimizing systems and all that. And I realized, you know, I might as well just keep the business mm -hmm. optimized in the same ways and just let it continue providing income for me rather yep. than trying okay. to get a big, a big chunk of change all at once. And so that's where I'm headed right now. Uh, so what I would do in that case is I might continue recording the podcast that we produce, which is a podcast about podcasting to help people podcast better. 
And then I would also potentially continue recording authority content that we publish on YouTube and things like that just to demonstrate knowledge and demonstrate tips and tricks and things to help podcasters get better. And, and okay. besides that, I don't really care to do any of the rest of it. So it sounds to me, I don't know how you feel about this. Some people, some people balk at this, especially because it's their, their own company. Um, I think you're looking for a CEO. Yeah, in my I mean, that might be it. I don't care about the title. Yeah. I just care that the yeah. job is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think you're eventually looking for. And so, Clay, give me your in- interpretation or definition of what you would say that that role would be in a situation like mine. Um, yeah, so that's a good question. I, I, I think, um, so you initially said COO, um, but based off where you want to be, you want to be kind of retired or semi-retired. Um, to me, that means you are not involved in the day-to-day operations, but also the decision, like the top-level decision-making. Um, and you want you want to do, like you want to produce like the content and maybe be kind of the face of it. Um, to me, that's, you, you need to, that's why I say C, CEO. You could still own it, but like that person's going to have the role of CEO and that they will actually make the day-to-day decisions on like not just not just uh day to day but also like kind of the visionary stuff too. Yeah. 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 I think um, yeah. I think for me that's like the big distinction is a COO, chief operating officer, like handles operations. How how do our systems work? How do our people yep. work together? How do our teams work together? All that stuff. And not not 100% with without regard to money, but like not they don't really think about money that much. Um and they don't think about like brand and they don't think about overall company trajectory and and just strategy efficiency. like where's the company going they just yeah they just focus on internal efficiency stuff a ceo could potentially do all that stuff that a coo does depending on the size of your company and what all needs to happen they could potentially do all operations like that but then they but i think a ceo an executive officer also like cares about where the company's headed cares about the financials like knows the financials like the back of their hand um Builds the strategy based on financials and operations. Like it's just, I think maybe a little half step higher than a COO in my mind. Yeah, and I think this person has to be a W two. My opinion. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah, the case as well. Potentially some equity. Fine, yeah. Clay, you win. Fine, we can hire W two employees. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm all about a hybrid model. All right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that makes sense to me. I. I wonder, given where we're at with our systematization and and all of that, if it would be possible, and you guys may have thoughts about this, would it be possible to hire a COO with the vision of them becoming CEO in time? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think think so. Yeah. They they could be your like total right-hand man or woman um, connected at the hip with you as what, what essentially is the current CEO. And, and yeah, they they come in, they fix a bunch of operations stuff, get some, you know, level up your operations, and then you coach them on, yeah, here's here's how I've been looking at the strategy, the financials. Um, one hundred percent, I think you could do that. Yeah, well, that's do you, do you have you do you, you don't currently have a COO or, or an operations no. person besides you, right? You're you're kind of no, bearing no we that. don't, we yeah. don't, and all of that. I know could use vast improvements in a variety of areas because the processes and systems that we use are all things 
I've come up with self-educated, learning on YouTube, learning from podcasts, uh-huh. et cetera, uh-huh. and have kind of hobbled it all together. And it works well for the size we're at, but I don't yeah. see it sustaining future growth. I am curious if we could take a small detour. Uh, I'd yeah. love to know if, if there's any YouTube channels, books, podcasts that really have stood out to you as you've looked through, like trying to figure out, I mean, that's what we talk about on the show all the time, right? Automation, systematization, um, operations, all that stuff. Like, is there anything that our listeners should know about as they, regardless of the size of their company, as they want to build more systems and processes to help their business grow? You know, I am probably going to be a big dud here. I don't remember a lot from the past (laughs) just because I listen for what I need and then I do it and then I move on. I do know that some of the podcasts that I listen to is um, Ari Mizell has a great podcast on Autom- automation, delegation, and, and uh, systemization of things. Uh, I'm trying. I think it's called Less Doing, is what it's called, and uh, it's a great show for that kind of thing. Cool. Um, he's also got a course and a program and all that. I've not gone through, but I, he was a client for a while, so I know his stuff is great. Got um, it. You know, we'll be sure to link up to that in the show notes then for listeners. Um, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah, and and Ari's just a really generous guy too. So I know that if you reached out to him personally, he would. Uh, he would be happy to help. Uh, there's just been a number of podcasts. I mean, I started out listening to Smart Passive Income like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gave me the vision yeah. for for what could happen in terms of a business. And then I just moved on from there. And as I heard things that I thought would fit what I was doing, I would fool around with it long enough until I knew it and then could integrate it. And, you know, it's really been kind of a long road to getting where we're at, but it's it's yeah. worked. Are you at, are you at the... Uh... I'm just curious, are you at the, um, what am I trying to ask? Are you at the, like the level from a, from a revenue perspective, like that you could make that move into semi-retirement? You're just missing that key person or do you still need, or Mm. do you still have capacity on that? Good question. Good question. Yeah. We definitely need more capacity or not capacity, we need more financial revenue mm. in order to make that happen. Um, I, I operate my business a little differently than a lot of people do in the sense that one of our core values is that our team comes first. Mm-hmm. And so rather than profit being the major driver and, and you know those kinds of things, I invest a lot of the money back into the team in terms of the wage I pay and the benefits that I give because I want them to be taken care of. That's part of how I see. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Stewarding a business is, I I have an opportunity to help people and yeah. to, to mm-hmm. really make my team happy. And so mm-hmm. I try to do that as much as I can. So as a result, our margins are not as big as they, they could be if I were driving it the other direction where mm-hmm. profit was the only thing. And so we, we have to play this little dance of hiring people when we can, but not too many people. And, and so adding team members and building out the capacity for the business is, is a little tricky at times because we don't always have the funds that we yeah. might have in yeah. another situation. So how how um, how much more work could your current team handle without hiring anybody? Yeah, my current team could probably handle another. I'm going to say five to ten monthly clients, meaning clients who publish a podcast episode weekly mm. and would need audio production, show notes, any kind of artwork, that kind of thing. We could probably handle that many more before we had to hire again. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. And, and, and you, would that would that number of new clients get you to this number ten level, like where where you could step away, or or no? Without hiring the person, yes. If we hired the person, no. We right. would still need okay. more revenue to hire <laughs> yeah. that person. So, are, do you have a sales problem, or is that just kind of the status of where you are? Uh, you mean in terms of getting sales? Yeah. Sales. Um, Yes and no. We don't have any strategic planned out marketing at the moment simply because we have been getting so many referrals from existing clients and past clients that it's all we can do to keep up with that right now. Um, That's we're a good bringing, problem. Yeah, it really is. That's the way I prefer to do business. But you know, that's going to dry up at some point because you only have so yeah. many clients giving referrals. So mm-hmm. um, we definitely... Uh, you know, when we get people on a call for a, a sales call, we probably close 60% of them. Uh, and especially if they've come as a referral, we close those at an even higher rate. So, And you do all the sales? I do. Okay. 
Um, I would just, uh, just kind of a side note. I, I think that's a, <laughs> you already mentioned like just relying on referrals is, is pretty dangerous um, just because it's unpredictable. Um, but also, I'll just say this, like, it's also dangerous the fact that you are the only person doing the sales, I think. Yeah. Because um, I think like one of the things that you're going to be, you're going to have to fill, I don't, I don't know if you recognize this, but one of the roles you're going to have to fill is the sales role. Like as you step yeah. out, step away. Yeah, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you're going to be hard pressed to find someone who wants to come in and be the CEO or the COO and also do sales. Yeah. yeah. Right. I yeah, think I that's would, unfortunately going to be like below someone like that, probably. Yeah. Uh, in their mind, and so yeah, I that that to me would be like step step zero is like beginning mm-hmm. to outsource your sales and get your sales going as a whole, even a whole sales team of a few people or something. Yeah, I would say you you you're in, you're going to be needing at least three roles. Uh, you're going to need for you in order for you to step away. You're going to need a CEO. You're going to need a salesperson. You're also going to need an ops person. Yeah. I All don't, three of them. I don't argue with any of that. I can yeah. see that being very valid. Yeah. And the sales, I will tell you, sales is super hard to find. Yeah. yeah. Like, you need to... Uh, I, I would highly encourage you to, to, to already start putting... Putting like... like Put out there that you're hiring for a salesperson, but you may or may not be actually hiring. Like you, you don't have to act actively hire somebody right now, but go ahead and create a pool of candidates because like it'll mm. take you, it'll it'll take you like 10 hiring 10 salespeople to find the actual good one. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I I actually have a, a previous client who is just an amazing uh, sales guy and sales organization, and I had a video call with him once asking him about this process of hiring a salesperson mm. and how to train them and all that sort of stuff. And the best advice he gave me was start recording all your sales calls. Mm. Just record everyone. And when you get people who are going into training as sales, you have them watch those. They, I love they, that. They need to understand how you do things, how you have done things, the, the whole tone and voice and brand image and all of that. Yeah. And they'll pick that up from watching more than you yeah. teaching them. Yeah. That's such no, a great idea. And and especially where you have a sales process that seems to work. Um, you know, obviously I'm sure, you know, everyone would love higher conversion rates or close oh, yeah. rates or whatever, but like where where it's working for you. That's definitely especially if you've got referrals coming in uh and you and you're closing a fair number of those, then yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I love that suggestion. Yeah, well, I can definitely see that the sales role is probably the first one that I need to hire and then probably operations then CEO from there. Yeah, I think so. And I think that operations person could ultimately be the CEO, but I don't think a salesperson, you'd want them to come in and then ultimately be the CEO. So yeah, yeah, I would think not. What's the, so what, what, what are your, what are your hurdles outside of just finding the right people? Well, I think that our main hurdle, it's one we've been grappling with for, probably the last three years is an effective hiring and training process. And it's especially true for writers. Um, Audio editors usually come to us knowing how to audio edit fairly well. Mm. And we just have to kind of tweak that and refine it. Writers come to us many times being very good at 
flat out writing, but not knowing anything sometimes about WordPress and about uh, web writing and about copywriting for the for SEO and things like that. So we have a more extensive training process for those people. And it's it's getting to the point that that training process is becoming like the sticking point. Uh, there's so much they have to learn that that people will drop out in the middle of the training because it was more than they bargained for. And I've tried to be very clear from the outset about the extent of the training, but you know, so many people get into it and just go, ah, this isn't what I was thinking. And this is not for me. And then I have to start all over. So that's, that's one piece I really need to fix. And I'm hoping a COO could help with that. Yeah, potentially. I'm no COO, but um, I've, you know, I've managed a team of contractors for quite a while now. And I wonder if I wonder if uh, if there could be more than one position. Like often when I've had that issue, and someone's like, "Well, this isn't what I signed up for," it's because I try to cram. I try to get one person to do a million different things. Yeah. One person to do like the job of five people, right? Which economically, <laughs> financially, makes a ton of sense. You hire one yeah. person and you have them. Write and optimize for search and yep. upload to WordPress and edit and like and 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 because I can just pay one person, deal with one person, hire one person, like it's all it all makes a ton of sense. And you know, I've found a couple people like that in the past, and they're the people who I hang on to. Um, but most people, it feels like, especially if you're hiring a writer, they just want to write. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. They they don't yeah. want to be a marketer or they don't want to be a, yeah. a WordPress, they don't want to upload content to WordPress. And so there yeah. might be some of these jobs where instead of training someone, you could even just have a part-time, you know, make up your own role, like a part-time WordPress uploader editor guy yeah. Yeah. or girl. And, and their job is just to take the content from these writers who just want to write. And their job is to just upload the content um, and put it in the right place and whatever. Or maybe you just hire SEO people and then instead coach them on better writing that might be it might be easier to go that direction than to hire mm-hmm. a writer and coach them on SEO right and so i think there are ways maybe you could you could finagle that so that mm-hmm. you know maybe it takes more roles maybe it takes a, a listing a different uh job title yeah um yeah. because yeah i think writers are going to just want to write a lot of times yeah and Preston, it sounds like you just read our job description because that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what happens. We have one person who receives the audio from the editor and does everything else all everything the way to publication. Else. Yeah. And I recognize that's a big load and and I think you've put your finger right on the problem. It's and I've thought about hiring that end of the cycle person who you know, five writers are sending their content to that person and that's all they do is is upload and post and all that. And mm-hmm. it I guess my main drawback has been so far, uh, our turnaround cycle then is extended by another link in the chain. And yeah, I think it's more efficient. I think it's more efficient. It may, it may turn out to be that way. I think it could be because then your writer gets back to writing the next thing more quickly. And, and Mm -hmm. your uploader, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're calling, going to call that person, but that person gets back to the next one more quickly as well. And so they're actually working at the same time instead of, the writer currently has to finish writing one thing, then leave writing, do this other thing, spend time on it. In the meantime, nothing's getting written by that person mm-hmm. yeah. because they're doing this uploading and, and formatting and whatevering. Uh, and when when really their skill set is in writing, they can do better work, faster work over in over where they really shine. Yeah, 
It's I think that's what because, a COO does a lot of times is like they figure out yeah. where people shine and they let them really just go to town on what they're great at. And if everyone, mm-hmm. you know, the, the analogy I've heard from operations people is like, you got to get everyone on the bus and then you got to get everyone in the right seat on the bus. And, and getting mm-hmm. people on the bus is easy. That's hiring people. But getting everyone in the right seat, that can take some time. Like figuring out yeah. like mm-hmm. who does what and who does what best and who shouldn't be taking time doing this other thing, even though they can technically do it because they're not the best at it. They don't do it the most efficiently. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. We've, we've been rolling for about almost seven years now. Mm. And th- I mean, you're just, you're pinpointing the problem. I appreciate that. That's funny because that's, Preston, it's exactly where my mind went. As soon as Carrie, you described <laughs> what, how your process was going. I was like, he needs another person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I personally ran into this issue too um, with my agency. And the so what what I ran into was I have I had a whole team of social media managers. So each social media manager was responsible for going out to my uh, to my client's business place of business, uh, videoing like recording uh, recording videos and taking photos and things like that. And then they would bring it back. And then they were also responsible for editing the photos, editing the videos. And they were also responsible for uploading those stuff, that, that, that content into a social media scheduler. Like, so that's the way I initially set it up. And then I went to a, uh, uh, a NASCAR race. And not that you need to know anything about NASCAR, but <laughs> if you ever watch the pit crew, every single person on the pit crew does literally one thing. Yeah. And and that's how they do it so so fast because you don't have a guy trying to do five different things. You have every single guy does one thing, they do it all at the same time and that's it. And I was like, "Damn, I wonder if I can apply this kind of similar uh process to my agency." So that's what I did. Uh and I figured out, I asked my entire team, I said, and and this will be good for you to to get some feedback on. Uh, I asked them, I said, hey, what is the bottleneck in your day-to-day work? And every single one of them said, video editing. Hmm. And what did I do? I hired a full-time video editor. Wow. And so, and not, I didn't hire a videographer because my social media team could do that. Like they can shoot the video just fine, but they just needed somebody to edit because editing takes a long time. And so my full-time video editor just edited all the videos for my entire social team, which is six people. And their production was like, I swear, it was like 10 times faster. Wow. Yeah. And so what was really cool about that is each one of my social managers could handle, on average, an additional one and a half accounts per person. And one and mm. a half accounts per person times X number of revenue per month is a lot of money. And yeah. it, well, it, it, it well more than paid for the video editor. Yeah, that so makes sense. I love it, that. It, it is adding an additional salary, but your, your production is, should be ther- theoretically much higher. So yeah, I think yeah. you're missing that role. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And believe it or not, I have run this idea past my writers before. And I got pushback, uh, primarily because it would probably mean the rate they're getting paid would go down a little bit. 
but I was going to say, are you paying them by the hour or by or no, you pay by, them by the project? By the project, so okay. they get they get a certain dollar amount per set of show notes that they write, and it yeah. goes again all the way through the scheduling of the posts and that sort of thing. So their their cost per or their revenue, personal revenue per project would go down a little bit. But as you're saying, Clay, they would have more capacity for more work. Yeah, exactly. That way. Yeah, you may just have to show them the math. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like in in the end, you got to do what's best for you and the business. But you may have to just like actually show them the math. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Or try it with one who might be willing. I guess that's that's tough because you know hiring a whole other person to to do the other half. You have to have a certain number of people on board. But um, yeah, I, I think you could just show them the math and you could say, look, you know, where you can do five now, you can do eight in the yeah. same amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm yes, I might be paying you you know ten percent less because we're gonna pull this other role over here, but. You know, ten percent times an extra, whatever. Again, not yeah. very good at math yeah. on the off the top of my head, and certainly not speaking through math instead of writing it on a napkin. But, but I think you could you could figure out the math behind it and say like, look, we're all going to yeah. come out ahead here. You're going to make more. Yeah. You're going to be able to write more. You don't like this other thing anyway, even if you like getting paid for it. You don't like to do it. So I want you to do more of the work that you love. I want to pay you ultimately more money, even though it's less per project, and. Yeah. Uh, you know the business grows, which is good for all of us. So I, yeah, I think I think with some math and and some logic, that's mm-hmm. what an operations person would do, right? They'd sit down and they'd say, "Here's logically how it makes sense, financially how it makes sense, and then people wise how it makes us all happy." So yeah, and when those three, three I, things align, you get everyone on board. Yeah, and I think with the example you just gave, I mean, essentially they're losing thirty percent revenue through the cut, but they're gaining, if my math is right, two hundred and seventy percent from more work they're able to do if they're right. able mm-hmm. to take on three more yeah. jobs. So that's right. So yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy too. Um, I bet you if you did the math, not if, but when, <laughs> uh, it's funny because the last episode we just did was all about math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bet, I bet whenever you do the math, and I'm not saying you need to do this, but like even if you paid them the same, uh, which I wouldn't just for, Clarification. Yeah. Um, but even if you did pay them the same and you added on a full time, uh, <laughs> what did you call it, Preston? A upload? A whatever. <laughs> a whatever. Uh, yeah, we'll like, call them a content delivery specialist or something. There you go. There you there go. You go. Um, I think even if you pay them the same and the additional cost of a full time, uh, <laughs> whatever, um, I think with the, the higher production, um, you will still make more money, but in addition to that, your costs will drastically go down because you're not having to train people over and over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's good point. true. Like that turnaround issue. Yeah. Um, sorry, turnover issue. Uh, yeah. In especially, you go through the trouble of hiring someone; they go halfway through your training and and don't yeah. even really the math behind you know, that produce is any work for you. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good point. Yeah, and I think. I mean, just for clarity's sake, we don't have much turnover once someone is on the team and is fully mm. trained. Mm-hmm. It's during the training process that okay. we have. I mean, we'll we'll start training with three riders to get one, and oh, wow. it really is painful. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you also um, just kind of a side note? Do you have like how do you do your training? Is it just like one on one over Zoom, or like do you have video modules? Or like how do you do the training? Yeah, all video modules. I don't okay. I don't invest my time in it other than creating and updating videos when needed. 
So, yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. Which uh, you guys are giving me a lot of updates that are going to have to be made. You know, you know what, you know what, my okay. This is just, I'm just kind of spitfiring, spitfire, spitballing, spitballing, yeah, spitballing. This might be a really, really good idea, but it also might be a really, really bad idea. Okay? <laughs> we'll bring just it saying. on. Uh, uh, so <laughs> that should be the tagline of this entire show. Like right? not just this episode, our entire <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, there funny. we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just my disclaimer. See why? <laughs> so if you do this idea and your business gets read to the ground, uh, you can't they, come sue us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Preston, don't edit this part out. <laughs> it wasn't Clay's fault. Yeah. Right. yeah. So here's my idea. I think if you take all of this training and put it together in a training course, like a very structured course. And give away the course, give it mm. away to mm. any kind of writer that wants it. Now, here's what's really cool: is that not only do you have a database of potential writers that you can bring on, but it also allows you to tap into a database of writers who have hypothetically, theoretically, or whatever, have already taken this training, mm. and you didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have to pay for it. You gave it yeah. away for free to help them help help their freelancer career. Huh. And and there you go. They got free training that you did not have to pay for. And then next time you got to hire, you just tap into that list. Who, whoever opted into the free course. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And you pull yeah. from the people who actually completed the course though. Because, yeah. you know, like one in 50 people who sign up for a course actually take the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, depending on how you set that thing up, that could be hard to track. So I'd have to figure out a way to... Yeah, potentially. And and depending on how specialized those modules are, like if they're very specific to your company's processes, you know, that can be tough too. Yeah. But, yeah. But, if they, but if it's more like, here's how you upload an article to WordPress or here's how, you know, like, yeah. you know, some of those things could be definitely used in something like that. You'd, yeah, you would have to... I, I would imagine you would have to like kind of restructure it a little bit for the for the quote-unquote public. Um it, to to be more of like an actual course instead yeah, of generic. just like instead instead of just like hey here's here's a training program <laughs> excuse me um I think I think it would be worth it if you did it and you put it up on something like um, Kajabi or something mm-hmm. and then just gave it away like mm. I think that would I I I don't know again it's either a really really good idea or it's a really really bad <laughs> <idea>. so, <laughs> you know. I think yeah. it's a really good idea, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will give that some thought because I'm not opposed to giving away free stuff for the sake of, uh, you know, I, I call it fire hose yeah. marketing. You know, yeah. I, I make people drink from the fire hose with all the generosity I can give and they quickly realize, I don't want to do all this. You guys do it for us. And yeah. so, I love that. I got, what, a, what a great like marketing model we haven't talked a lot about on the show. Like that's for people who just missed that little 10 second, not even 10 seconds of gold, I think from Carrie, uh, such a great marketing model. You, you feed people all the free stuff they can handle. Um, and then they come back and they say, yeah, I guess I could do this, <laughs> but I really don't want to. It's going to be a ton of work. I now mm-hmm. see you've shown me for free how to do it. I now see how much work actually goes into it. And I'm happy to pay your monthly fee for you to just do it for me. Whatever. Yeah. Really, really good yeah. stuff. And it's the same concept for the for my really bad slash good idea. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you 
all the free stuff in order for you to to grow your business better. Oh, by the oh, your your business is not doing too good. Guess what? I'll pay you a salary to come work for me. Yeah. 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 I like it. Yeah, it's like interesting. It. Well, Carrie, I think we have, you know, just a few minutes left here. Uh is there is there anything you wanted to talk about today that we haven't addressed? Anything sort of burning in your mind still that, that we can chat about between the three of us? I think I think the only thing that I still wanted to know was, uh, Clay, how afraid are you with this new baby coming? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I have all the emotions. I'm terrified, but I'm also the most excited uh, all at the same time. It's just a weird, weird, happy feeling. <laughs> yeah, totally is. And, and the day you hold that little one in your hands, oh, it's man. all going to amplify. Yeah. Yep, yeah. So a whole new I'll, set of fears. I'll, <laughs> all, all my uh, all my friends. So I'm I'm uh, I'm pushing forty. Um, so all of my friends. This is my first child. So all of my friends uh, have have kids. Most of them do, and they always tell me these stories about kids and and whatnot. And I never understand it, right? But I'll finally understand what they're talking about. So uh, I'll, I'll finally understand whenever they say, "Oh yeah, kids are the the best and greatest thing," and then their kid will go running around the corner and they'll go, "Get back here, you little rascal!" You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll never understand why they yell at their kids and then they go, they turn around to me, kids are the greatest thing ever. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll understand soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like hot sauce, you know. Uh, you, you love it, but sometimes you don't love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you'll be, you'll be, um, you'll be wondering when you're changing like 10 diapers a day. Oh mm. my. Yeah, uh, you'll be I'm like, cur- what, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> I'm curious to see what what uh how this is going to change the way I I am on this podcast, like pre baby yeah. versus post baby. It's true. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see. <laughs> this may be one of the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This might be I'm one like- of the last ones we do before you have a kid. The next time we talk, yeah. you could have a kid. Yeah. I, I might, I, you know, it's so funny because all the way up until now, we're, we're all about growing business. And then after the baby, I might be like, guys, don't grow your business. Just like pay enough to pay your bills and be happy and spend time with your kids. <laughs> Which yeah, is the no. direction I lean more, right? You're always like <laughs> talking bigger numbers and I'm always talking more free time with my kids. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. there is a way to have both, I guess. For there sure. Is a way. <laughs> yeah, it's probably related to what we talked about in this episode is getting it uh, loaded off onto somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gary's yeah, got it figured out. He's 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 a few years away from living the dream where his business is just running without him. He's collecting a paycheck and he's hanging yeah. out with the grandkids and yeah. Hell, it might be uh it might be freelance to founder uh podcast featuring uh Preston and Carrie after I have this baby. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, my my dream not really is to be retired. I just I want to invest time in things I want to invest time in, which yeah. you know, grandkids and kids are one, but I also have a, another platform that's running that's more ministry oriented, kind of like the pastor stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it's just exploding. I mean, the podcast alone is is almost more than I can handle. So I just want to wow. have the time to invest yeah. in it. Yeah. So uh, this this brings up okay one last thing. Um, this kind of brings up the like I, so all these scenarios like baby no baby whatever. Um, it brings up one common denominator in my opinion is is that like this this podcast is all about growing your business because you can have options. Yeah, 
You want to be able to have options. Like if you're like stuck in your business and if you were to stop working in your business, that would be detrimental to people. And so you want to be able to grow your business enough to, to whatever level you want in order for you to have options. I love that you said that. It's it's, yep. it's like so sad. So working at Milo, you know, we work with freelancers at all stages. And and we it's so sad to watch freelancers over the course of maybe a year or 18 months. They'll like quit their job, freelance. They're so excited to be working for themselves. It's like mm-hmm. a dream, right? Which I get. A year into it, 18 months into it, they are like the energy is sucked out of them. They they can't leave their business. They can't stop working or they don't they make any vacation. money. They can't vacation. They they work more hours than they did at their corporate job. They see their family less. They don't have time for passion projects or or things that mean a lot to them. Like Carrie's saying, like there's there's just yeah, it's such a bad place to be in. And they have the hope no is they have no options. You're right. The the hope is that this show can help people develop a business that gives them lots of options. And whatever those options yeah. are, like we're happy that you can pursue them. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, like there's an example, like I have a client who, who brags and brags and brags about it. So he's a chiropractor about how he's doing uh, $1.5 million in revenue a year as a chiropractor. And that's really good as a chiropractic office, like a singular office. Mm-hmm. But then like, I went to this conference and and I asked if he was going to be there and he said he goes no nah, man I can't I cannot afford to just not be in the office for 2 days. Yeah. 2 that's full days. Nuts. And I'm like I'm like bro like you have no like you don't have options. Like you can't take off 2 days? Like come on. Yeah. Forget about like uh you know I'd I love to take 2 days off like after I'm done recording this I'm going to go hang out with my family cuz they're off for Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um but that aside, if you don't have two days to go invest in your business, like mm-hmm. that's scary too, right? You don't yeah. have time yeah. to go to a conference where you could potentially meet people, network with them, um, learn from them. Like that's scary too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it goes along with uh, with you, Carrie. Like you want to have the option to just step away if you want to, you know, like that to me, like and be like semi-retired or however you phrased it. Um, that, that's what this. That's what this uh, show is all about. You know, just getting to the point where people have the option to do whatever they want. And that's probably part of why I love the show so much is because you guys are giving people the incremental steps to get there eventually. And their definition of what those options are is going to be different from the guy who was on the show the time before. Mm -hmm. But but nevertheless, the point is options. And I love that. I love how you said that. That'll preach, man. That'll preach. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, here with you today. Thank you so much for taking time to to come on the show and chat about your business with us. I hope it's in, enlightening and helpful for you as well. Yeah, it definitely was. I definitely have some homework to do and some uh, things to implement. <laughs> and I, cool, cool. I would love to check in with you uh, in you know six months or so and see how things have gone. I'm sure you can teach us all a lot. So maybe we could do this again sometime or even just check in privately. Yeah, totally be happy to do that. Thank you so okay. much. Cool. All right, Carrie. Well, take care. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. This yeah, won't air until after Thanksgiving, but to our listeners, a belated happy Thanksgiving to those in the US and elsewhere that celebrate. So yeah, have a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Carrie. so much. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com 
to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.